Lisa for that ministry in music. This morning's message is entitled Images of a Mother's Love. A mother's love is special. How special is it? Well, a mother's love is so special that God uses the image of a mother's love to help us understand his love for us. I think we all understand that uh, the scripture most often refers to God as our heavenly father. And there is much to be had in that metaphor of referring to God as our father. But you may not have noticed or you may not have thought as much about the many images in the scripture where God is likened unto a mother and a mother's love. And you've all heard the adage, one picture is worth a thousand words. So this, this message is filled with word pictures. And you know I love word pictures. So I thought, well, rather than describe all these things, we're going to view them uh, through uh, this message this morning. I want to thank Pastor Dave for uh, putting this uh, slide, uh, well, this uh, PowerPoint presentation together uh, for me, assisting that was uh, of great help. This is not going to be a steady diet, but uh, this message really does lend itself to the idea of looking at the images that are associated with uh, God comparing himself to a mother. So the theme this morning is understanding God through the images of a mother's love. First, like a mother that is fiercely protective of her children against any harm, so too God protects his children against all harm. Hosea 13, 8. Like a bear robbed of her cubs. It's talking about a mother bear. A bear robbed of her cubs. I will attack them and rip them open. Now that's a strong picture, but there is a wonderful quality of a mother's love, a desire to protect her children from all harm, whether that be physical, emotional, or spiritual harm. Oftentimes a mother puts herself at risk in order to protect her children. Such courage and spirit of selflessness is to be admired. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. It's early fall in Alaska's majestic Denali National Park, and the grizzly bears are in a feeding frenzy, fattening up for their upcoming hibernation. Wildlife photographers Belinda and Lance Peck are there watching the grizzlies gorge. But just off in the distance, a starving male bear catches the scent to the carcass and then spots the cubs. He was hungry and he was coming after the food. It was at that point where I began to get a little afraid for the cubs and the mother bear. The male wastes no time and goes in for the kill, but he's going to have to go through Mama Bear first. 
she came out of nowhere. She flew into him. She was going so fast, hit him like a freight train. She just bit him, she clawed him, she was squarely on top of him, and she wasn't letting him go. She just let him have it. It was unbelievable. When she let loose of him, he got up and got out of the water, and then he just went walking off back the direction he came. And we thought that was the most amazing thing we have ever seen. Like a mother's bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. Who's God referring to? When he says, I will attack them and I will rip them open. He's referring to the leaders of the nation of Israel. Who would think that a male bear would attack these cubs? But who would think that the nation of Israel, its spiritual leaders, would be responsible for the demise of the nation? They had sinned, Hosea 13 too. Now they sin more and more and make for themselves metal images, idols, skillfully made of their silver, all of them the work of craftsmen. It is said of them, those who offer human sacrifice kiss calves. They had even gotten to the point where they were offering human sacrifices in Israel, just as had been done with the God of Molech, offering human sacrifices. The children of Israel being destroyed. God says, I am going to rip into them like a mother bear robbed of her cubs. Israel had stolen away this next generation even having sacrificed them to foreign gods. But God says that he is going to fiercely, fiercely protect them. He is going to watch over his people. The second imagery is that like a mother eagle who carries her eaglet on her wings, so too God carries us as his children on his wings. Deuteronomy 32, verse 11, says this. Like an eagle, as an eagle stirs up her nest, flutters over her young, spreads abroad her wings, takes them, and bears them on her wings. There is a marvelous imagery that's found in Deuteronomy 32, 11, talking about a mother eagle's preparing her eaglets to leave the nest and fly. There are a series of things that she does. She stirs up her nest. Secondly, she flutters her feathers over the eaglet to force it out of the nest. So she is going to actually push the eaglet out of the nest with her feathers. Then she spreads out her wings. For this eaglet is going to be tumbling out of the nest and through the air. And then the next statement says she takes them up. The ESV says catches them. She will actually swoop down 
And there is a term today for mothers, they call them swooping mothers, who come in to rescue their, their children in various situations. But this mother will swoop down and actually catch the eaglet as it falls and bears them on her wings. The analogy is of a mother who readies her children to take flight and leave home. There's a beautiful picture of nudging them out of the nest and being there to catch them before they can fly. A mother's role is to prepare their children to leave home, to make it on their own, to live a life of independence and of dependence upon God and bring honor and glory to God. A mother picks up a toddler who falls repeatedly in trying to walk. But she picks them up, dusts them off, dries the tears, and encourages them to try again. Or runs alongside the bike when the training wheels come off and catches that bike before it falls to the ground. But the idea here is that that mother teaches her children proper values and skills, giving responsibility and freedom to develop wise decision-making skills. Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A mother is like an eagle, training up her child, readying them for college, for the workplace, for marriage. There is much for a mother to do. God uses that imagery in Exodus 19.4. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. There the idea is that God had fluttered his wings. He had taken Israel out of the nest. They were in the land of Egypt. And God wonderfully and effortlessly brought them forth. In Exodus 13, 17, it says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, all that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. He didn't make them fight. The children of Israel did not need to do anything, for he bore them on his wings. He was the one who did the miracles. He was the one who caused the people to grant favor to the Israelites. They gave the Israelites the gold, the silver. He is the one who led them by a cloudy pillar by day, a fiery pillar by night. He is the one who caused the children of Israel to walk across on dry ground. He is the one who overcame the chariots and caused them to be swept up in the flood. He is the one who prepared the children of Israel for the promised land. It's that imagery of an eagle training up its child, readying it to fly. Thirdly, 
Like a mother who comforts her child, so too God comforts us as his children. Isaiah 66, 13. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Three sections to this verse. First, a mother comforts a child. Secondly, God, in like manner, will comfort you. So will I comfort you. And the result will be that the people will, in fact, experience comfort. God will see to it that his people are comforted. And you will be comforted, O Jerusalem. Many times we attempt to comfort others, but we fail. But God will not fail. He will, in fact, comfort his people. In the context, in Isaiah, it is the comfort that's associated with the sting and heartache over Jerusalem's destruction. But he is going to restore and renew his people. He is going to comfort them. Now, God employs three images of a mother's comfort to explain the comfort that he will give to his people. I just wanted you to see this point. All these pictures, and they're all pictures of a mother with her children. The context is Isaiah 66, 12. For thus says the Lord, first, behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. In other words, it's going to be abundant. It's going to flow like a river. It's going to be never-ending. A river continues to flow and this one is going to overflow its banks. Talking about the excessive comfort that Jesus, excuse me, that God is going to give to his people when he brings them back from captivity. How he's going to comfort them. First, and you shall nurse, and you shall nurse. A mother nurses her child, and so the child sleeps. You know, there's two reasons to nurse. One is, obviously, to feed a child. child needs to be fed, needs to develop, needs to grow. The second reason to nurse is to comfort Right? That's why we use pacifiers to pacify a child. That means to placate a child, to keep the child happy, content, comforted. Here the idea of nursing is that it is going to pacify the nation of Israel, to feel peaceful and content. That was the key word in the preceding verse, at peace. Here is a peaceful child having nursed. Secondly, a mother carries a child when the child is too tired to walk and thus is rested. Isaiah 66, 12. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and like the glory of the nations, like an overflowing stream, and you shall nurse. And now this... You shall be carried upon her hip. It's a picture of a child that is 
growing weary. Who hasn't been at Knobles or, you know, you're at the mall or you're somewhere and this dear little two or three-year-old is wanting to walk and is walking beside you and actually you're walking and they're running because they have such short footsteps and it isn't long before they're raising their hands and they want to be carried because they're weary. And the mother picks up that weary child and puts the child on her hip and continues to walk. That's the imagery of Isaiah 66, 12. When you are weary, when you can't go on, when you can't make it on your own, God says, I will pick you up and put you on my hip. A picture of God's comfort. When we feel like We can't go on. He puts us on his hip. Next, a mother bounces a baby on her lap when the baby is about to cry. Isaiah 66, 12. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, like the glory of the nations, like an overflowing stream, and you shall nurse, you shall be carried upon her hip, and now this and bounced upon the knees. (laughs) (laughs) When have you thought of your relationship of one in which God is bouncing you on his knees? When God is just delighting in you. When God is trying to make you happy and content. These are all things that the scripture says God desires to comfort you. To nurse you. To carry you on his hip. To bounce you on his knees. They are all pictures of a mother's love for her children, and it's to depict God's love and care for us. Number four, like a mother who is compassionate in dealing with her children, so too God is tender and compassionate in dealing with us. Isaiah 49, 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child while she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? What mother can give birth to a child and then forget about that child? It's sad. It's sad to be sure. When there is a child who is hungry and there is no mother there to provide for that child. What can, play, can replace a nursing mother? And then the scripture says in Isaiah 49, 15, Can a woman forget her nursing child, and she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet 
I will not forget you. I will not forget you. God's love is a perfect love. Unlike a mother's love, God's love is perfect. It's sad, but there are mothers who forget their nursing child. There are mothers who put them in dumpsters. There are mothers that act worse than the animal kingdom acts. But God is perfect. He does what is right. In Isaiah 49, 14, the context is this. Zion has said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of a woman? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Here's the image of God taking his hands and tattooing them with our names on them so that God can't possibly forget us. Again, it's an image. It's it's a picture that our names are ever before God. He can't ever forget about us. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. These are all images of God's love for us. All images of a mother's love. Now I want to slow down for a moment and just make some applications. As Christians, how do we honor our mothers differently than the non-believing world honors mothers? What makes our celebration today unique? Why submit to you that, first of all, we honor our mothers by recognizing very unique and praiseworthy nurturing qualities given them by God. So how does a godly father go about honoring his godly wife differently than the non-Christian does? Now you've got to listen, because I don't have all these all in points for you this morning. But first, we go beyond just buying them flowers or candy or taking them out to dinner, which are all good things. And ladies, hear me, I said, we go beyond that. I'm not saying that we don't do those things. But we go beyond that. And it isn't just that we buy them a Mother's Day card or even that we go a step further and we buy a Mother's Day card that has a Bible verse written on it. Maybe Proverbs 31. A virtuous woman who can find. You know, honoring mothers from a Christian perspective is much, much more than that. It goes far deeper. We honor our mothers by talking respectfully to them and about them. As Christian husbands, we cherish 
our wives nurturing qualities. We see those qualities as coming from God and fulfilling God's purpose. We see those qualities as reflected uniquely in the person of God. So in appreciating those God-given qualities, it means that we'll be willing to learn from our wives and take their advice. In recognizing that God chose to use the mothering images to convey his nurturing qualities and not a father's, we see our wives as having qualities superior to our own. Let me say that again. Because God chose to use a mother's imagery to speak of his compassion and tenderness, it teaches us as men that there are qualities that our wives possess in general that are superior to our own. There's a reason that God chose to use those female imageries. So we take it seriously when our wives tell us such things as we are being too hard on the children. Colossians 3.21 says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Why does Colossians 3.21 address fathers? Is it because it's okay for women to provoke their children? Or is it because there's a tendency for fathers to provoke or discourage their children in a way that a mother does not? Is it something that we need to be constantly on guard against? And is that means that guard... God has given us to be on guard our wife. Who can advise us and say that, you know, you're being a little hard, a little demanding. You need to be a little tender. It means that we view them differently. We view such qualities, such nurturing qualities not as weakness or permissiveness, but rather we see within it the compassionate and compassion and kindness. It means we learn from them as they are readying the children to take flight. When they are ready to grant the children more freedom than we might be willing to. When they have a different perspective on what it means to get this child ready for the world. What kind of responsibilities does that child need to shoulder? What kind of actions they need to enter into? It means that when they have an opinion, we guard it highly. For we find that God uses that mothering quality of preparing the child to leave the nest to describe his relationship to us and his relationship to Israel. Means we thank God for them. That we do not have to rear our children by ourselves. I've often said to my children that they are blessed for their mother. Bonnie and I are complete opposites. 
We view everything from a different perspective and point of view. Our marinating, our, our parental skills or lack thereof, whatever we did, was always a compromise. It was always a meeting in the middle because I was on one extreme and she was on the other. And together, I think it ended up in a pretty good place. But life would have been pretty bad without the middle. We need to appreciate. It also teaches us that we should learn about God from them. God is so often pictured as harsh, as cruel, as unloving. God is seen as sometimes carrying a big stick. I think it's one reason that the Catholic Church so venerates Mary. Mary is viewed as this compassionate one. She's viewed as the one that you can go to and pray. Well, we need to understand God in a feminine way and understand that God is compassionate. God is tender. God is kind. And look at all these mother images. Secondly, how does a godly child honor his or her mother differently than the non-Christian child does? It means they will go to her trusting that she will be compassionate and loving and kind, that she'll be understanding. It means that they will learn from her, knowing that she has much to teach them. It means that they will understand that their mothers are different from their dads in some pretty amazing ways. Have you stopped and just thought about that? Think about your own parents. Think how different mom and dad were. And what a blessing is that they are. It means that they will thank God for their mothers. How does a godly mother honor motherhood differently than the unbelieving mother does? It begins with recognizing that God has entrusted your children to you. There is no higher calling and position than one of being a mother. I hope you believe that this morning. There is no higher calling and position than one of being a mother. Others can feed, diaper, bathe, and read to your children, but no one else can mother your child. Others can express care, but only a mother can truly mother their child. That cannot be replaced. It is a unique unique privilege and responsibility to mother the child that you brought forth. For we have a responsibility to do more than just physically care for our children, but we have a responsibility to spiritually care for our children. It means that you see within your calling a responsibility to reflect the person of God in the way that you nurture. That you are a role model. That you are helping them to understand God by the way that you are taking care of them. And you teach them such a higher aim than just their physical, emotional well-being. You want your children to develop spiritually. 
and you teach them that though you are a loving mother, God is so superior. So let me give you an illustration of the difference between a Christian mother and a non-Christian mother. Picture a stormy night. Raining hard. There's thunder. There's lightning. And this little child runs to the mother's bed. There's nothing unique about that. Plenty of pictures of that. Children running to their mother's bed. Christians, non-Christians, they have that in common. So what happens? The child crawls into bed and you hug that child and you comfort that child and you say, everything will be okay. And the non-Christian says, I will be here, I will protect you. But the Christian mother says something like, Where do you think I run when I'm afraid? Where do you think I go for protection? Little Johnny or Mary says, You get scared, Mommy? Yes, I get scared. So I go to God. And you know, I can't really protect you. I can't keep the the rain from falling. I can't keep the thunder from cracking. I'm limited in what I can do, but God can do anything. God is the one who protects us. Let's pray and ask God to watch over us tonight in this storm. A godly mother directs those qualities that are seen in her and magnifies God in the way in which he demonstrates those qualities towards us. This morning, there are three approaches that one could have to a Mother's Day sermon. The first would be a totally man-centered approach in which we just speak about mothers and we talk about their wonderful qualities and we can talk about their protection. We can talk about the way in which they ready their children for life. We can talk about their compassion and we can do so in such a way that you could do it in any secular seminar in parenting. The second way would be a more God-centered message in which, like we did this morning, compare a mother's qualities to God's qualities. And that would be like a little house on the prairie message. And you see the whole townspeople come and they sit and they hear a sermon. You see, because the response this morning isn't just that Oh, this is a a wonderful privilege we have. I'm going to thank God for this privilege. Or it's more than just, you know, it's a great responsibility and I need to do better. 
or I want to be a, a better mother. But the God-honoring response is to say, God, these qualities are ultimately in you. You gave them to me. You even placed them in the animal world. Two of the examples we used were of bears and of eagles. God in his creation, in making man in his image and likeness, gave us certain attributes and qualities. But for them to be perfected, for them to really accomplish God's purpose in revealing himself to us, that's why he made us in his image, to reveal himself to us. To really reveal the character and nurture of God's care for us, it means that he has to do a work of transformation in our lives. I am grateful for our godly mothers. I'm grateful for the way in which you take this responsibility seriously. The way that you seek to honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you and may God enable you. And as we think of motherhood, may we reflect on the person of God and understand his care for us is like the care of a mother. The mothers of our congregation, would you please come forward? Mothers, grandmothers, if you are pregnant and would like to announce it this way, come forward. Ladies, thank you for your example. Thank you for your lives. Let's pray together. Our Father, uh, we ask for your help. Uh, Lord, we are humbled to think of the way in which you care for us even as a mother cares for her child. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your leading direction in our lives. Thank you for all those nurturing qualities. And I pray for these dear ladies this morning that you would impart to them an ever-increasing work of your spirit to perfect within them those very same qualities that you reveal to us. Thank you for their role in the lives of their children, young and adult. Thank you for those times in which they have carried them on their wings, when they have provided for them when their children were helpless, and have prepared them to move on in life and establish an independent home, but one not independent of you. Thank you, Lord, for the continued encouragement and help that they give, the wise counsel and advice. Thank you, our Father, for their role as wife, who many times find themselves looking at the situation differently than their husbands. Oh, Lord, help us this morning as husbands to really honor our wives. To be humble. 
and to acknowledge that they see many times things that we don't. May we be open to their gentle reproofs. May we be ready to enlist their counsel in making the decisions that we do in rearing our children. Oh Lord, help us to honor them in the way that we speak of them, in the way that we speak to them, in the way in which we demand our children to respect them. Our Father, help us to be so different from the world. Help us to see all of these things in relationship to you. For in honoring our mothers, ultimately we honor you. For you have not only created women, but you've established the home. And you have established mothers to care for children and to reflect your image in this world. So, O God, be honored and magnified in the way in which these mothers care for their children. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.